I'm Jerry East, and this is my podcast, The COVID-19 Lockdown Account. My mission is to interview 100 everyday people so they can share their story. We'll document their ups, their downs, and the challenges they face every day. These are historical times, and I hope you enjoy. Stay safe. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning into the COVID-19 lockdown account. Now, today I've got Fahim with me. Uh, Fahim is a wife, a busy mother of three children. She's also a host of her very own radio show and podcast, and is coming live today from Dallas, Texas. So, Fahim, how are we today? I'm good, Jerry. Thank you so much for having me. It's absolutely my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. So, tell us, tell us a little bit about what's been going on um as of late over in your neck of the woods well it's been it's been quite eventful in the past week and a half uh once that video was released which i'm sure world over everyone has seen and there have been uh protests which had started off as just peaceful protests which quickly turned to riots which have now gone into looting and uh there is curfews in a lot of uh major cities uh dallas houston chicago new york any big city you can think of is has a curfew in place of either 7 or 8 p.m., usually around sunset. Um, And it's been tough uh, because I'm at heart a New Yorker and a Northern person who grew up around a lot of Black people, had a lot of Black friends, uh, still do. And uh, it's tough when I'm in the state where there definitely is a lot of support for the cause, but equally you see a lot of people as soon as anyone says black lives matter someone will come back and say well all lives matter Mm. and if you know the history of that statement it's like well not helping (laughs) really sure all life does matter but it seems like the black community has gotten the shorter end of the stick for hundreds of years on this so uh, can we let them have the attention for once but it's a it's a difficult place it's a difficult time along with this pandemic which is still uh, growing, we, uh, U- the U.S. has crossed over 100K deaths. So I think at this point, if I remember my statistics correctly, we are, I believe, more American lives lost than I think World War II and the Vietnam War combined at this point. And it's just growing because uh, these protests are, I understand freedom of speech and voice and everything, but also they are putting a lot of people in close quarters and the virus is still spreading. So uh, yesterday we had 12,000 new cases. So it's interesting place to be right now. So just for for people for future reference, uh, the date is the 3rd of June in the UK. And I shoot you with the same day, just about. Yes. um, Yes. (laughs) Just about. We're not with my next interview, which is in New Zealand. We're different days. But for you, we are the same day. And officially, we're kind of in 1968 right now. We're not in this century anymore. (laughs) The no, way it's all are, gone. You're, you're 1950s or 60s somehow. It's all it's all gone back in time, and everything's up in mm-hmm. up in the air. Um, and what week are you guys in for lockdown currently? We started um, in Texas on March 13th because that was when our spring vacations were starting for the kids. Uh-huh. So how many weeks is that? About nine, ten. 11 weeks at this, I have lost count because having yeah. all the kids at home <laughs> with schooling and, you know, trying to keep up some sort of schedule, which is a miserable year. It's, it's been a, a while, it feels like. But uh, yeah, if for your audience, I'll let you know that Texas was one of the first states to start reopening. And according to the medical uh, people in the community, that was a bad idea. But yeah. 
they still went ahead with it. And because of that, we are still seeing case numbers. And uh, you know how you'll hear in the news that the masks are have been politicized, which you would think a mask is just a piece of cloth to whatever. Just, But people uh, have made it into a political issue. So if you're wearing a mask, you're a leftist. And if you're not wearing a mask, you're American and you're, uh, you know, you trust in God. It's like, well, it's just a mask to protect yourself and other people. Yeah. It's really not a big and and people have been creative with masks they're making their own masks i made my own mask for my kids i was like what characters do you want uh, made myself disney princess ones because i just wanted them yeah. <laughs> and uh but people are uh ma- so you'll go into stores um like i went earlier to a grocery store and it's funny that you get a weirder look when you're wearing a mask they're like what's wrong with you and it's like i had covid do you want my covid no no you don't so let me <laughs> Let me keep myself in a mask. Yeah, that's just so narrow-minded. It's crazy. Why? And it's mad to think that, it's crazy to think that the mask is becoming a political issue. And It, It makes no sense. And all the fake news associated with masks that, oh, it will cause asphyxia and you'll get CO2 poisoning. My husband's like, then every single surgeon in the world will be dead. Because yeah. they always have to wear masks. Everyone who go, goes to war has to wear a gas mask would be dead if, if that was the problem with masks. This is the silliest things out there that you're hearing. It's, it's something else. And people believe it, which is sad. Mm. And you were saying in the brief that, um, so your, um, your husband obviously, obviously works, um, works in the hospital, doesn't he? So for mm-hmm. the viewers and listeners, give us a little bit of insight into what he's seeing right now. He's seeing um, death much more often than he ever wanted to or ever expected in his career, which, of course, doctors do see patients, you know, pass away and go on. But the amount of people just drastically changing. Um, The person I actually got COVID from was one of my husband's patients because we had to, you know, backtrack to figure out where I got it from. And he said he had seen a patient who was maybe 41, 42, young guy, healthy. Uh, didn't have any underlying conditions. He's like, when I saw him the day before um, he, it was like a Wednesday, he, um, it was like 5 p.m. He was like, he was fine. He was, you know, sick. And then he got a call at 5 a.m. So 12 hours later, he has to put it, be put on the vent. And that person went on a vent for, I believe, three or four weeks. He did recover. So thank goodness for that. And he did get discharged. But it was just the rapid declines that they didn't know what to do. And, um, just preparing for that. And he's had to, you know, FaceTime family with patients who are dying. And even though the the family member's right there, but behind glass and they can't, uh, he was actually really devastated when this one uh, father was passing away and his daughter's right there and she couldn't be in front of him. And she was like, I don't care. Let me see him. And he's like, we can't. So he was FaceTiming her from his phone in like in a distance of 10 feet. And he was like, it was so sad because they're saying goodbyes that they know that this man is dying and saying goodbyes. And I was, and he was like, I, and my husband's father passed away uh, five, six years ago and he was right there with him. So, you know, he's like that moment where you can uh, say that goodbye is a, the most important thing in these situations. And this, this pandemic has put us in a place where the person is able to come in, but because of the fear of spread, they're keeping them separate. And uh, when he did pass away, um, 
the, the daughter, as expected, was screaming, yelling, cursing, which is expected. And um, they, they handled it. And now about almost six weeks into it, she did come and call my husband and said, you know, I want to thank you. At least you let me, your personal phone, let me have that moment yeah. as whatever it could be. And um, it, it was, just, it's, it's tough. And, and, I w- and my husband says all the time, he's like, I wish people could see that a little bit then maybe they might not not think of this as some you know hoax disease or fake news or all that this this is real there's uh, over 100,000 people dead dead in our country so it's real that's a lot of people dying from a disease that again they don't know about it's mm. still being studied uh vaccine is a far off thought at this point and there's people already with campaigns who are saying that we would never get the vaccine even if it came out because it's a government pandemic by Bill Gates. And it's like, where are you connecting these dots from? Yeah. What does Bill Gates have anything to do with this? I think, um, I think Bill Gates had um, a strategy in place uh, that he wanted to propose to the, to, to the American government um, mm-hmm. about what to do if a pandemic ever came, ever, ever materialized. Yes. Um, and that's that's the only dot that people are joining. And it was, um, I think, it was about yes. six years ago. He he came up with this this theory of of what would need to happen and how we'd have to track. And I think that's he was probably developing a form of software that would be able to track people that had, had a yes. You know, so he was just, and he was doing that in response to Ebola, which remember that was a scare yeah. a few years ago, six seven. Yeah. Ebola was a big scare, and it's funny that the hospital my husband works at is the is the hospital that had the two Ebola cases in the entire U.S. So luckily his hospital is very prepared with PPE. So they have masks, gloves, gowns. They've been prepared for years since that, since that uh, Ebola uh, outbreak. Uh, so I know that after that, they had this idea that what if, because it was so close, that could have been much worse, but luckily it was controlled. So that's why that whole pandemic idea came out. But now people have made it into this like, weird theory. And it's, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Yeah, I think as well, you do have a lot of people with a lot of free time um, that are very easily swayed and are, and are scared. So when that happens, people will, you know, kind of regress back to like their most basic um, mm-hmm. form of training, if you like. And if there's no kind of intellect or training there, they'll just come up with mad conspiracies because it helps them. It helps process, them helps process them I guess. Like, okay, yes. Blame someone else. Blame, blame this, blame that. And that's, well, this pandemic is really, I mean, there's all this blame going on, but I, I think it's not anyone's fault. Maybe you can say it's a government's fault for, because here um, in the U.S., there was flights coming from China and the Wuhan suburbs for a while before they decided to shut them down. So it was spreading for quite a bit before they did the lockdowns and even the lockdowns became a political issue because uh it's it's very interesting right now jerry seeing the people protesting you know, black lives matter which is some pe- people of a certain race being targeted and killed all the time not being filmed on t- all the time but being killed all the time and a lot of the people on the conservative side have had a problem have a problem with this um, protest yet they're okay with the protest of people bringing machine guns and protesting that i would like a haircut so open up the the, yeah. the hair salons it's very odd seeing that's like really now like so if 
if I showed up with a machine gun and said that I want to protest uh, sports and you, we should have sports back on again, no one would blink an eye. But if I'm protesting the loss of life, that is, uh, you know, an injustice daily, I'm somehow crazy. It's it's a very weird world we're living in, and it's not being helped by the orange one up top yeah. <laughs> that instigate more of this type of drivel. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, yeah, that's 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 going to be a problem. Unfortunately, that's going to be a problem, and mm-hmm. there's not much you. Can, the scary thing is there is not much you can do about that either. No, we can vote. I, I bug everyone and their mother and their grandmother. I'm like, even if you have to vote for which flavor of ice cream is going to be on the menu today, vote. <laughs> vote. vote <laughs> like, you need to vote. Ev- and, and you know what? This, the, the one positive I can say from this pandemic is that people now know that how governance actually works in the U.S., which, you know, our system is different from the parliamentary one, where mm-hmm. our governors actually have a lot more power within the states than the president even. So yeah. he can declare like, okay, New York, open up. And, and Cuomo can be like, no, I don't want to. It's like, yeah. okay. So now people are learning that how important local officials are and the people you should be voting for and how much each of those positions really affect you. And uh, even in, even in the, the cities around here in, in the suburbs of Dallas, my city has peaceful protests. All the surrounding cities have peaceful protests except one where the mayor is not behind it. And now people are already calling that vote her out because she's not supporting a cause. Yeah. And freedom, uh, it's, freedom. it's interesting. Yeah. Use, use that uh, constitutional right that you have to vote and register, especially now. Please register. Yeah. I'm chasing people to register them to vote. And like, I will force register you. Do it. <laughs> And yeah. then go, I will drive you to the polls if I need to. No, and rightfully so. And rightfully so, because it's, there's been a lot that people have had to go through for everyone to have that, that, that right. Yes, um, exactly. And I think, um, in fact, something's just recently happened over here in the UK, um, in Wales, I'm pretty sure it's Wales, that um, 16 to 18-year-olds, so it's always been 18-plus, but now from the age of 16 in Wales, you're allowed to vote. So that, that happened. Oh, wow. That happened very, fairly recently. Um, Good. Yeah, well, let's face it. If you're, if you're allowed to have a child at, the, at that age, uh, which you can in, 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 in the UK, um, then yeah. why could you, you should be able to vote, right? Um, it's, it's such a basic thing. And I know there's a big push here to have election day be a day off so people don't have an, an excuse not to vote. Mm-hmm. And uh, the good thing here is that they do have a lot of um, early voting for like a week or 10 days before the actual election day. You have time where you can, I've, I've, I don't think in the past 10 years I've actually voted on election day. I just go early voting. It's yeah. in and out literally in two, maybe five minutes. It, mm-hmm. It's so easy. And it's like, just go in. And there's no one there because it's like early voting. No one wants to be there in the lines. Go do your thing. And then, and they even have weekend hours. So it's like there really is no excuse. People just like to find excuse to not. Yeah. I think it, they think of it as like, oh, eh, well, whatever. doesn't matter. My, and this whole idea that doesn't count, your vote doesn't count, that makes it, I think, harder to push people out the door. Especially when you count up the people that don't vote and how that would sway any decision as well. Yes. Exactly. You know that that that's that's crazy. So I tell you what, let's go back in time a little bit. Let's go back to before the riots. Before which, yeah, we'll just we'll just push the riots out of the way for a minute. And um, 
we'll go back to when we went into lockdown because of a pandemic. Uh, mm -hmm. just, how would you explain this if you went back in time? Crazy, right? So, so talk to me about um, when you first went into lockdown, what, what was the feeling in your household? What was the feeling? Mm -hmm. and, and what kind of things did you get up to to kind of keep yourself motivated? Yeah. Um, so first thing first, um, it kind of helped to have the insight of a physician in the house. So it's, you know, the idea that if you have kind of a viewpoint inside that, how is this going to be? Mm -hmm. It gives you a little bit more uh, insight and education. So that definitely helped that my husband was on the front lines and still is. And he is, he was like, look, this thing can spread like this. We don't know what's going on. I, I say cancel all the kids' activities, like, you know, sports, anything that is not essential, cancel it. Um, even doctor's appointments, like uh, my son wears braces. So it's like, you know, they have to go in for every 10 weeks for adjustments. And he was like, unless it's like his braces are coming off, cancel that. So yeah. I think it was the first thing uh, was, and in general, in crisis situations, I'm pretty, I like to think, I, I'm pretty good about just figuring out like, okay, this is step A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and make steps. No time to worry now, worry later on my own time. So yeah. I set up a plan in place that, look, this is real. It is not fake. There are people dying. There's things coming. And we have family in New York. I have doctor families in New York. So it's like we were, the stories we were hearing from them as well. I was like, this is not fake. This is a real thing. Let's just accept it. So I know at that time when the, the lockdown started, people, especially mom groups were like, well, maintain a schedule and do this and normalize. And I was like, you know what? This isn't normal. So normal schedules is not going to work today. No. So if my kid is watching not one hour, but four hours of, uh, you know, fortnight, okay it's okay uh, you know he he's not online well he's not like allowed to talk online but it's like okay fine you know I mean we all have to maintain our sanities as well and then uh, there were times the kids were sleeping late getting up late not doing all their chores and I was like well you know I have certain expectations for you if you meet them you get more screen time you can play on the switch you can play on uh, ps4 do whatever but you have to do you know clean your room clean up your beds and you know laundry away so we I I as strict of a parent as I normally am, I kind of let go a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to kind of let you guys keep up with this so I can keep up with my things. Uh, again, with my husband's crazy schedule, there are times when I'm single parenting for days on end. And yeah. it's like, well, you know, I have to maintain some sort of system, routine, but this is not normal. This is not a normal system. This is not normal routine. Um, of course, when things were canceling and closed, uh, went to YouTube, started looking at YouTube videos on how to cut hair, yeah. did it myself. My husband has clippers. I was like, okay, let's, I've watched, I think like 17 or 18 different videos. The one that made most sense to me, I just sat the kids down on the backyard. And I was like, I'm going to cut your hair now. <laughs> and they're like, this is weird. Why can't we go to this place? And I was like, I can't go. It's not essential. Don't need it. Um, and then uh, again, things like uh, a lot of grocery stores and uh, markets started doing curbside pickup. So really use that. Uh, a lot where yeah. it was like as much as curbside or doorstep pickup or delivery did that as much as possible. And we still do that. We try to, uh, you know, not go out as much into the stores, uh, just order everything online, go to curbside, pick it up, come home. Uh, did a lot of home cooking. Cause it, at that time when the first lock, when the lockdown first happened, it was unsure how it was spreading. So the idea of uh, eating food from restaurants, it was like, okay, let's, let's go back to basics. Let's start cooking again. Yeah. And the plus side of this uh, pandemic has been it's brought a lot of families closer 
and on the flip side, people, um, I work for, I'm, I'm part of an organization that does um, help women who are in abusive relationships. So that has also gone up that women who are in an abusive home are stuck in an abusive home now with the lockdowns. Like you have to stay with this abuser and you can't go anywhere. So you see both sides, but you know, thank goodness my family were okay. So we, we learned you know, each other's habits. We had more talking time, more board game nights. A lot of like old movies that I used to watch as a kid, I made my kids watch when those things never had time before. Mm. It's like, we don't have time to watch, I don't know, Dumbo or Bambi, all these old movies that, you know, to them, it's like old movies. And I was like, just watch. So we were watching Bambi the other day and they were like, this is pretty nice. And I was like, see, this is stuff I grew up on. So it's been a lot of uh, interconnectivity with us. Hmm. We've, we've done very similar stuff, especially it's funny you said Bambi because I think it was uh, Alice in Wonderland the other day and then Bambi. But my my real go to when I was a kid was uh, Chitty, Chitty Bang Bang and Mary Poppins. Like I, I used to, oh, yes. I love it. And they were old then, let alone now. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Uh, the other day we had, uh, and I'd say, you know what? Old um, Dick Van Dyke's. English accent in Mary Poppins has got to be down as one of the worst accents on the planet. It is, pretty, it is horrible, yeah. horrible, horrible, horrible accent. My husband has a lot of cousins in England, so they even look, his is the worst. And I was like, eh, yeah, his is pretty bad. I mean, in the new movie, I don't know if you how you felt about Lin-Manuel Miranda's. I was like, eh. I was like, okay. Yeah. No, I, I love allow Dick, it. I love Dick Van Dyke. He's he's my guy. I love him. I think he's great. I think and the new movie, I was so surprised. He's still pretty like agile. I was like, man is pushing a hundred years old, literally a hundred years old, and he was able to move in general. Yeah. I was like, wow, he's, he still has it. He still got it. He's, that's never gone anywhere. So what kind? But of that's the thing. These these oh, things have connected us. No, the, yeah. these old things have like connected us to our kids. Like. Uh, uh, do you guys have Disney Plus in the UK? Yeah, but like everything, you guys will have like Disney Plus Plus and we will just have... Yeah. <laughs> like your Netflix is different level. So, yeah. I like Canada Netflix. My cousins in Canada are like, our Netflix is better. And I was like, your Netflix is better <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. But uh, really, yeah, for some reason, Canada Netflix has a lot of these shows that are like, why don't we have that? Not Netflix. For example, like John Wick, all three movies are on um, Netflix in Canada, but they're nowhere to be found in... Um, nah. the Netflix here. I was like, why? Why can't we've we got, have? We've got John, John, we've got John Wick one, and that's it. I think that's the only one we have. And I was like, how come you guys have all three? <laughs> oh, well. But uh, no, Disney Plus has been like the godsend during this time because all the kids' favorite shows, and then uh, Disney being a company that does support family, uh, released a whole bunch of movies early nice. onto the platform. So like Frozen 2, Onward, all these movies are there. So it's like, oh, these are just movies we just saw in theaters and we have them in our home now. So good. So Disney Plus has been uh, a saving grace during this pandemic. Well, there you go. That is where you guys have been. We don't have, we don't have Frozen 2. We don't have loads. Really? Of yeah, no. <laughs> we haven't got it. So uh, again, the UK is the last, the very last to get anything cool. Um, so you guys are leaps and bounds ahead. Leaps and bounds ahead. Was it, no, but you guys had Downton Abbey first before we got it. There you go. And I'm a yes. huge fan. I love that. <laughs> I love that was that. I've been watching that. My, I've started that show the first season when it came on PBS here. Um, and my son, who's now 10, was brand newborn. Like he was like three months old. And that's when that started. And I just watched 
So the whole time he was growing, I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch Downton Abbey. We get and then Game of Thrones. Mm. Game of Thrones. That's your thing. Wow. <laughs> not our thing. Our producers, but not our thing. <laughs> oh no, I loved. I love, I love that. I absolutely adored that pro. Again, though, but me and my, for, for instance, in my household, me and my wife, we are not TV compatible at mm-hmm. all. We are the yeah. opposite. So she loves, she loves weird stuff. You know, watching other people doing stuff mostly. So maybe other housewives doing stuff, goggle box kind of stuff, or people on a desert island that seem to wear not a lot of clothing. That kind of thing. <laughs> oh, that yeah. My husband watches that kind of stuff, and I was like, I I'd rather watch a series. Like, there's some yeah. storyline. Yeah. Crime shows are my favorite. Anything to do with uh, CSI, Law and Order. Those I love those shows. I can watch hours upon hours without being bothered. Mm. I, I happily. And then historical stuff. So that's why um, if if uh, you go on my uh, Instagram, I've been posting, and I'm a big history buff. So yesterday was that Blackout Tuesday. So yeah. I was posting a lot of history-related facts, like who was Harriet Tubman, who's who's Nelson Mandela, who's Frederick Douglass, who's uh, Shirley Chisholm, and people were like, I don't even know these names, and I was like, yes, they're important black people who've done pretty awesome things. Nice, well, that's all. That's all part of the cause, right? And that's 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 what this yep. is about at the moment, and especially it's, there's so much going on historically right now, which is which is just hard to get your head around, especially especially in the US. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more happening here. I was looking at a meme the other day and they were like, when, when kids in the future will say, what year was that? What year was this? It'll all come down to the same number. Yeah. And he's like, I, I pity the kids who have to study this in the future and be like, they actually behave this way? People were so barbaric back then. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, that was us. And I was like, we, we, uh, when we become grandparents, we'll have some very interesting stories. Well, Extremely hope- interesting stories. <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's hope that that is the case, that people yeah. look back at this being barbaric and, and unreasonable. Uh, yeah. because that means change is happening, right? Yes, exactly. And change is the most important because it, I think it's overdue. Mm. And I feel that now this specific situation has definitely catalyzed it. Not just um, George Floyd's killing, but along with the pandemic, people are in general hurting. The economy has taken the biggest hit. Uh, we're in a depressive economy at this point. Uh, the thing that Trump was touting as like his biggest success is like, no, man, you just got <laughs> it's pretty bad right now. A lot of families are hurting. A lot of people are hurting. Uh, every day we try to count blessings that, okay, you know, we at least have a home, we have income, we're fine. Yeah. But there's equally many families that are definitely in a hard place right now this is it i was listening to a podcast this morning um i went for a long walk and i normally use that time to reflect and and listen mm-hmm. to other people at their craft and um it was the tim ferris show and he was interviewing um i can't remember who he was interviewing actually but they were saying that the unemployment rate in america right now is is something in the mid-teens you know that's 14 15 percent and Whereas you would, in a good economy, you'd look at that being between three to six percent because it means yeah. that that's just people that probably just don't get on with employment or have, they can't mm-hmm. pass a drug test. And there's lots of factors, and, and that that yes. would that would be three to five, three to five, three to six. Um, in a in a, in a recession, you'd be looking at ten. And he yes. said the last time they encountered 
plus of 14%. And I think you like, you, you guys are in the mid 15 percentile mm-hmm. was the Great Depression. Yes, yes. It, um, it has been a hit to a lot of people. Um, and again, it's just going to keep going up. And then this relates back to the looting that's happening. A lot of businesses, because of the looting, have been destroyed. A lot of small businesses. Um, and they're probably not going to recover from that because even let's say they have insurance for the actual building and the things, but really they can't open to uh, regular, regular operational hours. Even now um, in Texas, that things are open, restaurants are only allowed to have, I believe 30 or 40% capacity. Um, Mm. Everything has like a limited number. So people are, and people are just being more cautious. They're not really, uh, I, I, I haven't seen people flock to the restaurants and things just because they can't. They're, they're not. They're like, you know what? If I can just bring it home, mm-hmm. I can bring it home <laughs> and eat well, it again. The, the, this came up in the same podcast. So it's a very recent podcast. I think it's about five days old. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said that when it comes to um, when it comes to the hospitality industry, yes, where they've been cut down to such low numbers, but mm-hmm. you'd, you'd still need such a high level of staff because of the cleaning. Um, people would be making a loss if they opened at yeah. running at sub 40%. And they, they're, yeah. they're suggesting 25 to 30% is what, yeah. what they're suggesting people to open with, which can't be done. No, it can't be. And I know like flights are open, people are traveling, but again, people are being very careful unless it's essential. My family's up in Boston. I would usually, our summers are spent up north because it's so hot here in uh, Dallas that it's very pleasant up in New England. So that's yeah. where I'm from, New England. Hmm. Um, and uh, so every summer we go there and this summer we're, we're just staying put, even though technically I had COVID, we're most likely my kids are carriers. We got, went through the whole thing, but my parents are immunocompromised. So it's like, well, I can't, for my own selfish reasons, I, I would love to go home, but I don't want to you know, indirectly carry this to my parents and cause something else. So we're like, no. FaceTime it is everyone. <laughs> so when you actually had COVID, what, ha- what level did you have? Was it, was it, did it affect you really badly or were you kind of quite lucky with it? No, um, I could not move. So it was very interesting because it started off very, it's like a shock. It just starts because it was a regular Sunday, um, nothing eventful, same thing, lockdown, same schedule. And then in the evening, usually I stay up later because that's when I can watch my TV shows. Yeah. The kids are in bed and the husband's in bed and I was like, I can, I can watch in peace with my, you know, tea. But uh, then suddenly I had this backache that started and I thought maybe it was just, maybe I picked something up heavy or some, something. You just, you just try to excuse it. Then uh, had this ache go up and down my spine. Uh, went to my husband. I was like, I have this really bad backache. And he's like, you're, you're probably just tired. Just, you know, go to bed early. Went to bed took some uh, Tylenol, went to bed, woke up uh, in complete pain all over my body. Every single nerve ending was like sizzling. It was painful. And I was like, I I don't know what's happening. And then um, taking a deep breath was very hard. Getting up off of bed was very hard. Um, And then headaches, headaches right at the center of my forehead that were as if someone was putting a, a, a pickaxe in my brain. And I was like, this is so painful. And uh, I only took Tylenol because my husband, again, because of seeing this, he's like, you know, seems like some of the symptoms. I would not take ibuprofen, just take uh, Tylenol. Oh. Took that. 
mm-hmm. and didn't help at all. And the funny thing was, you know how places are saying, oh, we'll check your temperature, check your fever. I had no fever. Nah. Throughout the whole thing, from beginning to end, not one ounce of fever. It never went above 98 degrees. Well, in ours, 98 degrees, but never went above the standard elevated temperature. So I was like, nope, no fever, nothing. Uh, then we got the COVID test done and it came back positive. And it was a full two and a half weeks before I was able to even go upstairs anymore. I couldn't go upstairs in my house. Yeah, I had to stay downstairs. It, it was two, three steps and I felt like I would pass out because it was just so uh, debilitating physically that it felt like you just want to lay down in bed and not move. And that's what the virus kind of wants you to not move at all. So then it can kind of take over. And at that time, I don't know if you guys uh, see CNN and Andrew, uh, Chris Cuomo, the Cuomo brothers. Do you guys see them over there? So uh, Andrew Cuomo is the governor of New York and his brother Chris Cuomo is a CNN anchor. And the brother, the younger one, uh, Chris Cuomo got COVID and then he went through his whole journey from his house. And again, his brother's the mayor, uh, the governor of New York. So you can imagine the things both they are going through. And he said that this virus wants you to lay down and not move. You have to fight it, get up and start moving. Otherwise it will start affecting your breathing and just get up and walk even if you just walk to the kitchen or just walk to your room back and forth a few times. So kind of took that to heart. And I was like, okay, I have to get up and move. I got, I have young kids. I can't be, you know, like dying on them anytime soon. Uh, Let uh. me get up. So forced myself to get up, walk to the kitchen. And maybe that 10 feet of walking was as if I've walked 17 marathons. It was, it was long. I was like, this is so painful. Um, And again, because you can't have anyone in the house. And my husband was, um, at that time, he was off for a few days, but then he had to go back to work. It was, it was tough because normally in these situations, I would have had my mom or someone fly down, like, come, you know, come stay here with me or my sister. And it's like, everyone stay put, don't move from your houses. It's okay, I'll handle it. And I think my mom uh, was calling me every hour on the hour. Are you okay now? Are you okay now? I was like, it doesn't change hourly, mom. I'll probably be better tomorrow. Um, ended up drinking a lot of hot ginger green tea. Yeah. That was one thing that helped. Green tea with ginger in it and a little bit of honey was the only thing that I could kind of keep down without feeling like I'm going to uh, you know, just pass out. And the hot liquid really helped in kind of opening things up and getting you know, the pressure off. Yeah. But it, it was a long two and a half weeks. Wow. Long. Yeah. It's intense. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I've... I can't, the, the only thing I could probably like relate that to I've ever had is like glandular fever. And that, that was, that was pretty rough. And that was, that was only like, um, I had it for a long time, but I had it bad for about five days. And then after mm-hmm. that it was fine. You know, like, it was just very, very low energy. So what's your energy like now? Did After the two weeks, are you still feeling? Decided? It took a good month and a half. Cause uh, this started on April 4th. We're on June 3rd now. Oh, right, and yeah. I would say maybe, um, Two weeks ago, I started feeling like, okay, I think I'm back to normal. The biggest after effect was that my um, stamina was gone. Even though I was better, fever free, not contagious, all good. Uh, my stamina was, I had none. Uh, st- same thing, going up the stairs was like, okay, I'm up here, I'm up here now. I'm going to stay here for a few hours. I'm not coming down until I need to. And um, even uh, just picking things up, picking my two-year-old up, it was like, oh my goodness, this, he's heavy. And it's like, okay, this is not good. So then um, ask my husband, what should I do? Ask my doctor, what should I, she's like, you know, start walking around your neighborhood, just kind of slowly. They're like, don't do anything too strenuous. Just 
light walking around the neighborhood and drink lots of fluids and just kind of let yourself heal. You do need time to heal internally because it's still probably in there moving around, not contagious anymore, but still affecting. And I think uh, it has affected my lungs a little bit irreversibly that um, if I get too tired, I feel like I can't breathe. And sometimes when I'm talking, if I don't have like water at hand, like immediately, normally I could get by without water for an hour or so whatnot. But like, if I don't have this on hand every five, 10 minutes, I feel like I'm struggling to talk and breathe. So it's, I think, left a little bit of effect. I, I hope it's not a long-term thing. I hope maybe in like three, four, five months it clear up, clears out on its own. But uh, my doctor was like, you know, just prepare that you just be happy you made it through, that you didn't end up on a vent or yeah. have to be hospitalized or, you know, anything worse. And I was like, I, I guess <laughs> I'll take it. I think realistically we can't get any form of normality until there is a vaccine or i mean let's face it herd immunity is, is not an option is it it's not that's not going to work so the only viable option for the world to get any form of normality and we're not going to go back to what we we our creature comforts that we once upon a time had, or you know to get any kind of normality back we are going to need a vaccine aren't we yes and i mean Definitely, I know worldwide, everyone is trying to find a vaccine. But again, a vaccine needs its time to be proven because it could fail anywhere through the process. They could mass produce it and like, okay, the mass produced version does not work. And it's like, okay, back to square one, back to square six, who knows? So it is, uh, hopefully it's coming soon. But then again, like I said earlier, people are ready to refuse it. They're like, no, I'm not going to have some microchip me through vaccine. I was like, why would... (sighs) I think people watch a lot of sci-fi movies and they get all these ideas from sci-fi movies. I like sci-fi movies, but I was like, I don't take them seriously. I just watch them for Matrix is one of my favorite movies. I'll watch it. I'll enjoy it. I'll think a little bit, but I'm not going to be like, oh, well, maybe there is really a Matrix out there. Maybe there is. Who knows? But I'm not going to believe it until I see it. But people do take a lot of these um, pseudosciences to heart, heart and uh, there's already a big movement to refuse that vaccine when it does come about and I think it's just uh, this time people have to learn to be selfless. And I feel like a lot more people are selfish. Mm. They're thinking about me, myself, and I. Uh, I I give the example in my own family. Uh, My husband and I, we're both healthy young adults. Our kids are healthy. They don't have any um, underlying conditions, no asthma, no upper respiratory issues, no uh, immunocompromised. They're healthy. We could technically go out into the world and be normal. But we're not thinking about ourselves. We're thinking that what if my kids are carriers and yeah. I don't want to give this to someone. What if we go somewhere and some elderly person or uh, a cancer patient or someone who's in contact with a cancer patient gets it? I, I don't want to have that on my conscience ever. So no. I think the decision to be more selfless, like, okay, other people could get it from us. Let's avoid. And um I'm Muslim and we just had Ramadan and Eid is one of our biggest holidays. And we had a socially distant Eid, even though, of course, we would love to see our friends and family and whatnot. But we kept, we went to each other's houses and we kept like a 10 foot distance just to say, hi, Eid Mubarak, and then walk away. Like, okay, if that's all we can have, that's fine. We can survive this. I, I, think, I think people, especially a lot of, um, like over here, there's a big push to open up churches and um, houses of worship. And I'm like, well, these, all these religions have survived much worse. They've survived. They're not going to 
go away if no one if everyone stops practicing for a year and only does whatever they want at their own houses it's still going to survive that it's yeah. not going to suddenly be like if you don't if you don't go to sunday church service that means jesus hates you and god is going to spite you no of course not <laughs> they'll probably thank you for being a good person <laughs> yeah that makes no sense i think yeah faith you don't need you, you, yeah you don't need you really don't need a house of worship faith and then no um and as well you know there's, there's been huge acts of kindness as well especially over in the uk for instance as you were saying about um the, the the celebration of the it's the ending of uh ramadan where there's a big call to prayer isn't there yeah and a local yes. ikea to us uh, yes allowed, i saw that on the news yeah it's amazing it's huge like, yeah. enormous. So like the car park's gigantic and Yes. Thousands. Um, and they obviously they put the call to prayer out through the speakers and stuff and yeah that, that was an amazing moment to be able to live through that and to see yeah. that that mass um group of people being able to be around each other it's you know very heartwarming and it's it's all just you know you make do the situation again is not normal it probably will i i think what i like to say is that we're there's no such thing as what what normal was was something else we're redefining normal at this point and let's see what it, the definition ends up being um i i think for the foreseeable future handshaking may be a myth it's like you used to shake hands why yeah. um people are greeting each other in different ways they'll you know wave or um and even i mean smiling is the biggest thing of communication but now if you're wearing a mask it's like well how do you figure out ways to kind of <laughs> I, I don't know some something you have to figure out a way to be like hey i'm happy or i'm annoyed i mean your eyes become a lot literally to the work to your soul like i'm yeah. happy i'm pretty mad right now <laughs> so yeah. it, it does uh it's it's making people creative uh it's making people um come together i don't know uh did you see those uh the some good news that john krasinski did no he's the john krasinski uh, do you know him he's the well he's married to one of your um actresses uh emily blunt's husband <laughs> Oh, okay. Mary Poppins' husband. <laughs> yes. So um, he made a, it's on YouTube. It's called Some Good News. And he went through, I think, eight or nine weeks of this pandemic, just sharing weekly good news. Yeah. I mean, there's, of course, bad news happening, but he's like, you know, frontliners and then uh, nurses and then cancer patients. It was just a feel good thing every week. And it really, really brought a lot of people together. They're like, oh, this is, it's just, it's just some good news. So let's just more we need more we want more good news give us some good there's bad news galore but give us some good news along with it because there are uh, i mean even here in the protests you will see uh there's images coming out where police will also bend the knee and you know yeah, side by side with the protesters they're like no we agreed that should not be done mm. and of course people are going back to the image of uh colin kaepernick and they're like well when he took that knee that was a big problem and this officer took this knee and this is uh, you know, police uh, work? No. So let's redefine what it means to um, support and what an ally is. And I think in this time, people are really figuring out what really an ally is. And like I said, I'm seeing people who I expect to be allies not being allies. And it's like, well, maybe we need that negativity out of life now. <laughs> yeah, to be silent is taking the side of the oppressor. That's, that's exactly. The, and that is the term. And, you know, it, it is, it is, you know, it's not great that I can do my bit by speaking to you guys out there at the moment to the mm -hmm. American public as, as well as people all the way around the world. You know, we, we've had 
very peaceful protests over in our local town yes. as well as in London as well. Um, but you know, the American, the, the the way that it's happening in America, you know, is a more prevalent problem over there when it comes to the execution and the um, and the death toll. Yes. Um, over here, not so much. Um, yeah. But our officers, they do carry guns. They don't really use them very often. Yeah. And not every single officer has a has a firearm. Yes. And nowhere near as big a problem as it is out there, but there still is. No, like, it's it's yeah. a problem. And then again, it's a lot of um, ingrained history because of the U.S. history with slavery and how uh, slaves are bought here, how they were treated. Uh, a lot of those Hollywood movies that they make about that time are very accurate. I think sometimes they're actually being very careful because it was uh, much, much, much worse of how people were treated. So uh, it, there's a lot of baggage, as you were, uh, yeah. involved in the in, in the society here. And um, like you'll still hear of people who um, happily display the Confederate flag which was the um, opposition yeah. side during the Civil War. And they'll have the flag in front of their houses and their cars. And it's like, well, we end And they're like, well, no, my great-great-grandfather fought in that war. Well, good. Maybe, of course, in that time, their ideology or whatever was different. But that symbol mean, means something else. Now, I'm sure if you ask the Hindu people, I'm sure they're not happy about you know, Hitler taking their symbol and Is literally it? ruining it for the world forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's... And the funny thing is, I have, I have Hindu friends. My mom's from India, and she's like, that was a symbol of peace. Yeah. The swastik is a symbol of peace, and the swastika is a symbol of, like, extreme hate. And I was like, isn't that... I, I'm sure that they're not happy about that, that you took our nice, happy symbol and made it into this evil thing. Yeah, the symbol of fascism. <laughs> it's, it's the worst symbol, I mean. And, and it's funny, my husband has had to treat patients that have tattoos who are... Uh, white supremacists and mm. and there are people who have said that uh are you uncomfortable treating me and he's like no to me you're just a patient and they're like well what if i one patient even actually went so far as to say to him that okay what if you know you treat me you fix me up and then you send me out and i kill you in the parking lot and i was like oh dear and my husband's like well i guess it's my time then i hope you don't because i have a you know wife and young kids so i'd like to go home to them but he's it's like yeah, you see, you see these interesting characters throughout, all over. Yeah, it's horrendous. That's disgusting. It's and terrible. that's the thing: when if if and when, or if this uh, officer gets, um, let's say, he gets charged, he puts he gets put into jail. Um, the American uh, prison system has a very big Aryan Brotherhood inside it, yeah. so they would, he would probably be he'd yeah. be welcomed with open arms in a group of people who are like-minded and live living in closed quarters for many years. Well, the one thing now, I don't know. Well, the one thing that I would have thought that, um, as you would say, the Aryan brotherhood that are in the, uh, in the prison system, I'd, I'd assume the one thing they hate more than everything else they hate is, um, mm -hmm. Is probably the police so mm -hmm. i don't even think it'll be safe there so you know um they, they, they'll have to keep him in like a solitary confinement like you stay yeah. there and <laughs> unless you want to be dead then go there's there some silver lining. there's some silver lining to that cloud well look we're going to push over to a bit of a close now um okay. to be honest I, I could have 
I could sit for hours and talk to you about what's going on at the moment. And you know what? I, I probably would like to revisit and, and maybe have another chat on a, on a different project uh, moving forward. Um, sure. But I'm very respectful of your time as well. Um, so I've got another couple of questions that um, sure. I ask everybody. Um, the first one is, have, have you been given any advice or taken stock of anything that has, has really kind of hit home with you uh, during the lockdown that has helped you in any in, in any any way at all yeah like i said earlier you just have to accept that this is not normal it's a one in a one in a lifetime event mm. this pandemic and if this is causing a lockdown and things to be disturbed you have to navigate that disturbance so you you know buck up you know take some vitamins have some coffee or tea or whatever you need to just get your mind focused and be like okay i need to make a plan how am I going to entertain myself, entertain the kids, entertain the spouse, have free time for everyone? Because we've actually set systems where we stay away from each other in the house as well. Like mm -hmm. you go there, you go there. I'm going to stay here away from each other. Like right. even in the same room, we're like headphones, not talking to each other. And some people are like, well, why would, don't you want to be? I was like, well, no, we can't be in each other's heads all the time. Because with school and work and everything, we had that free time to be kind of on our own. And so uh, like yesterday, my husband went to the other bedroom and was watching a movie and he's like, I'm going to be gone for an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> and it's... So you have to just navigate the, the disturbance. That's the best. Navigate the disturbance. Take vitamins, take coffee, whatever you need to and just navigate. And it's so important. Your alone time is so important. It's... It is important. It's necessary. <laughs> you find that I have known, I've been known to go hide in the closet and just like play a video game on my phone. I yeah. will. I will do it. I'll just tell my husband. I'm, like, I'm going to go and organize something. Just disappear for an hour. Oh, it's locking yourself in the toilet, and, and yeah. that's that's, that's that too. go to. And then just sitting on your phone, just yeah, for a bit, right? Yes, that's perfectly normal. Perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing that for years anyway, so it's fine. Everyone does. All men do. All boys yeah. do. All men do. It's a thing, I think. <laughs> This is true. I'm hopelessly outnumbered in my house. I have three boys. So it's like, <sighs> yeah. I'm, I'm upset. No... upset. All girls in my house. All girls. Oh, opposite. <laughs> yeah. And even the dog is a girl. So I've got How would you do that? that? That was a choice you could have made. No, I didn't. Now, I'll tell you what. Funny story. I went on a skiing trip last year. And I came home. And I don't know what had happened. I don't, I'd obviously done something wrong. And like most men, I had no idea what it was. Um, <laughs> I'd done something stupid which I do a lot. And uh, so the wife went and bought a dog to, um, oh. she'd been wanting a dog forever. And I kept putting it off. No, 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 you won't walk it. And all of that. And now we've got Bella and uh, everyone loves her. Uh, she's a great dog. I, I walk yeah. it quite a lot. So she's beautiful. Yeah. She's great. Um, she looks like a rat, but I like her. She's cool. That's it. Good. <laughs> I think you're in your comfort zone with the women. You're like, okay, mm -hmm. let me just stay here. We can't have the other one. I say now, like, I don't know if I could even raise a girl. I'd probably, I'm just too tough now and like hyper-focused to have another woman in my territory. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't have much choice in that. I don't have much choice. I do have one more question for you, though. Sure. And this is my big one. This is the one I ask everybody. Mm -hmm. And the question is, if you could go back in time or you could send a message back in time to give yourself a bit of information or a warning or just something that might help, what would that message be? At any time, 
in my life go back or a certain oh, year? It's the beginning of COVID-19. The beginning of COVID-19. It's the beginning of lockdown. Beginning of, beginning of lockdown. What I would tell myself is recognize that certain people will just not see. And it is not my fight to make them see. Because mm. I've seen a lot of people who just head in the sand. Yeah. And you're like, you know what? I'm not here to change you. The best I can do is protect the people who are in my house, my family, my extended family, and even them I have no control over. What I have control over, I'm okay. But yeah, I'm just spreading information. I was one of the first people in our community to start talking about COVID-19. Again, because my husband was watching it and you know, reading up on it, has family abroad. So we were seeing it and I was the one in my community, like we need to close our mosque, we need to do this. I was made fun of. They're like, oh, you're just thinking too much. You know, your husband drives you crazy. And I was like, I'm talking sense here. And then when it really happened, it's like, oh, well, well now you listen. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, but just learning to give up that, you know, certain people will just not listen. Yeah. And be if I could go back further in time, I'd say like uh, 2015, 14, please everyone don't vote for this man. <laughs> Yeah. ever don't don't right. do it <laughs> that, that is a conversation for a a whole different podcast yeah it's a conversation for a month no. yeah 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 <laughs> and also maybe maybe short the s&p 500 as well that 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 would have gone quite well if you'd done that in the beginning i would have if i could have i would have bought you know when when facebook came about i was in a school in boston so th- that was when you need a school id to actually have an account yeah. So when I was in college, Mark Zuckerberg was in college 20 minutes away. Wow. So I was like, I should have just bought those stocks then. I would have been happy and content as could be right now. There you go. That would have been it. And then Bitcoin. If I knew what Bitcoin was then, I would have done that. I'll tell you what, um, and we'll, we'll finish on this, but just, uh, just quickly about Bitcoin. I had a friend who didn't have a lot of money at the time. Mm-hmm. and uh, wanted to buy a gym membership off of me. And he offered me, uh, then the gym membership was £22 for a gym membership. And he offered me 22 Bitcoin for a, for a month's gym membership. And I said, I don't know what it is. I don't really, I wouldn't even know what Oh, man. And I hate myself every day for saying that. <laughs> every day. Every day. Because it was, it was worth a couple of, a couple of pounds, a couple of dollars. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been worth a fortune. Yes, (laughs) I mean, just stupid. Anyway, anyway, uh, I think hindsight is twenty twenty. That's why they say that hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, and we never want the year twenty twenty again. And um, I think the the fun things we can take in this time are the funny memes coming out. I think there was one posted the other day that is that thunder I hear outside, or is it Godzilla? Because it's twenty twenty. Yeah, who knows? Godzilla. (laughs) It probably is Godzilla. Yeah, we're ready for the aliens now. Just come on, yeah, yeah. get it and, done. And then someone put up that there was a cave found somewhere where they've discovered 33 new creatures and then someone posted like, please close it. This is not the year. Discover <laughs> it next year. Next year. Yeah. We're done. Please. Yeah. All it up. No interest. We're done. We're done. We don't want it. Well, I'll tell you what, Fahina, I've, I've absolutely loved this uh, this episode. Thank you so much for doing it. And I'd love to um, to revisit and have another chat and probably a separate sure. or even a follow-up version sure. uh, in the future. Um, Anytime. But, yeah.
thank you so so much it's really mean a lot and i'm going to say quick goodbye to this lot don't go anywhere for us uh, because i will we'll have a little debrief afterwards um, i'm just going to say uh, say goodbye to this lot quickly right so thank you so much for watching and viewing guys uh, if you've enjoyed this episode as much as i have and i truly mean that please do press that share button and use social media for the reason it's invented and that's to spread some love and joy amongst your friends so please do share the episode also if you would like to get in contact with myself please do just chuck a cheeky comment in the comments bar below i'll be back in touch with you within about 40 48 hours um, also if you'd like to actually talk to me or even feature on this show and help me on my gargantuan task of interviewing 100 people during the COVID-19 lockdown, please get in contact with me via the ABC Gym link on Facebook, or you can put something in the comments bar and I'll get in touch as soon as possible. Now, we'll be putting all of Fahim's um, links in the show notes so you guys can watch her online and also listen to her podcast. But most importantly, if you need to get in touch, there'll be a way for you to do that as well. Fahim, thank you so much. I've absolutely loved this episode and uh, be safe. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and giving me uh, time to talk about things. No, my pleasure. And I'll see you soon.